Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's totally tubular show. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Print On Demand cast, episode number 76. Coming at you right now, as always, I'm Josiah and joined by my co-host, my co-captain, Travis Ross. How's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Doing well. It's a nice uh, snowy afternoon in Colorado, <laughs> getting another big, huge storm coming in. Yeah. Um, it's batting down the hatches. This one's supposed to be big, so we'll see. Yeah, I think I heard five to ten inches accumulatively, I guess, over the next day or so. So yeah. uh, I hate snow. So I'm, I've lived in the wrong states my entire life, given my <laughs> distaste for that weather. But uh, yeah, not a fan. I'm sick of it and I'm ready for it to be over. But as we record, it is Tuesday. How has your week I mean, I guess it's a, it's a day old, day and a half old. <laughs> How's the week been so far? Um, good. We, um, we're spending a lot of plates kind of right now. We're uh, onboarding a bunch of clients. We're looking at, um, you know, bringing on another, like a salesperson, um, more on that in the future episodes. We'll talk more about that. Uh, and then, um, we just had our strategy sessions this last week. And so we're kind of still, um, we still have a little bit little bit to go with our goals, sure. but we, we did what's called a SWOT analysis. And if, mm-hmm. if you've been a long time listener, you heard it, heard me talk about this a year ago, but um, SWOT is your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. And you put all of, you got like sticky notes. Everybody's got sticky notes <laughs> and we write all this stuff down. We put it all on the wall. And then we basically try to kind of, you know, um, categorize them into basic, you know, okay, well, I right. guess we need this. And, you know, this is what we're all saying here. Um, you take all of that and then you try to determine what your, um, uh, your goals are for the next year. Like what are the most important sure. thing? What are the things that we're seeing the most of, um, you know, what are the, the threats that we need to avoid, you know, all of that stuff. And you try to create your goals. Um, and then under your goals, you create strategies and then you try to revisit right. those strategies like every 90 days or, or whatnot. So, um, did that last Thursday and Friday, and then uh, we're going to have another strategy session this coming Friday just to kind of finalize, finalize our goals. So, I mean, yeah, just, and that's just, that's just like the administrative side of the business. We've got a lot <laughs> right. of other people, you know, there's a lot of orders coming in and just, uh, you know, helping customers get their stuff. And um, right. last week was weird. We had like, on one day I had like, one person come by and if you know anything about our stores, like we don't have a storefront, it's right. just, you know, it's a warehouse, you know <laughs> I mean? I mean, we have some offices and, but it's, there's no like, you know, display area or anything like that. There's um, no retail space. Yeah, exactly. And somebody came by, found us on Google and said, Hey, can you do, you know, I need, you know, some shirts and some hats for my business and just literally drop by. And that same day I had three other phone calls from other people that wanted stuff. And so that's not normal wow. for us. I mean, it's great. Sure. We're, that's what we want, but it's yeah. just like, Oh wow, this is working, I guess, you know, <laughs> some of it's word of mouth. Uh, yeah. Some of it's just being, you know, on Google. Um, yep. But yeah, all of that is kind of, kind of happening all at the same time. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, getting that Google business claimed and kind of building that out, I think is is huge. So that when people do type in t-shirt, you know, custom t-shirts or something, they're looking for someone in the area just to show mm-hmm. up there and you know have some pictures and some content showing what work you do, the office, the building. You know what I mean? Like I think it's yeah. it's really cool. So uh, I can see how that would definitely bring additional awareness and some like again foot traffic that is super organic because it's not like you were you like you, you don't have a, you don't have a retail space it's not like you're you're right. banking yeah. on people showing up and shopping there you know <laughs> totally so well that's awesome man i'm glad to hear that things are, are going well and and moving along uh relatively at speed i suppose or, <laughs> or i guess on schedule so um with that let's go uh directly to everyone's favorite segment the weekly dad joke <laughs> 
Time for the weekly dad joke. All right, Travis, as you know, Denver is uh, is a big city. It's got a lot of things to do, and it has a zoo. So I went to the zoo the other day. And oh, really? Yeah. They only had one dog. What? Yeah. Yeah. It was a shit zoo. And that's this week's <laughs> weekly dad joke. And I'm trying to, uh, that one was sent to me. I'm, I'm multitasking here, pulling up my, uh, my Instagram feed because that was actually <laughs> sent to me by a fan of ours who listens oh, really? to the show. Yeah. That's a good and, joke and so, too. Yeah. I, I know it was, uh, man, I'm trying, he, he, uh, he's messaged me and I said, Hey, we'll give you credit. And I totally okay. spaced it till literally just now. Well, so I'm trying to figure out. That's what fine. That's fine. I just, I'll tell, I'll tell people like this, this, this joke is really, really dear to Josiah's heart because he <laughs> is a Shih Tzu lover. Um, how am. many that's Shih Tzus a- do you and your family, like your extended family have? Well, now it, it's just, uh, I think our two at one point, no, there's there's a third. My sister okay. has a Shih Tzu. You can't even keep one, track. At one point, my sister who lives in Alabama had three Shih Tzus, hmm. and I had a. We have two Shih Tzus, and my parents had a Shih Tzu. And my sister had a Shih Tzu, so it was very much a Shih Tzu family, and that's exactly why he, uh, this gentleman, messaged me. His name is Joaquin. His his handle is at Joaquin Advertisement LLC nice. on Instagram. Thanks, Joaquin. Uh, Yes, thank you, Joaquin. He literally said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm partway through episode 74, and you're talking about the combo niches and Shih Tzus. Did you hear about that zoo that only has one dog on display? Turns out it's a Shih Tzu, which is <laughs> and so and so. I sent him a couple messages and said, "Hey, man, uh, we'll shout you out and uh, and say thank you." So again, Joaquin, thank you for that uh, fantastic dad joke. So a lot to get to on this episode. So we're gonna move things right along here to this week's point of interest well howdy partner welcome to the point of interest part of the pod cast to grab your hat and hold on tight because we got some learning to do whoa whoa wire it is whipped us right back into shape so we're gonna go (laughs) and talk about uh Travis, two was it two weekends ago now that you yep. went to ISS Long half, Beach? Yep. Yeah, a week and a half ago, you were in California enjoying a much better weather than anything that is happening outside my window right now. Uh, so, <laughs> tell us a little bit about um, Long Beach. The ta- the biggest takeaway we have some some video that we'll play here, and you can kind of talk about what we're seeing, and we'll get to some mm-hmm. pictures. But overall, man, how was the show? Yeah, it was it was great. We enjoyed it. Um, it was, I think, beneficial. Uh, met uh, Chris Kretz, who's a um, longtime listener yeah. at the show. He he came, got to shake his hand, and um, he got a video here. It was a big. I mean, it's you know, it's a big big convention center. Um, usually they have carpet, so this year they didn't have carpet. It was a little bit tough on the yeah uh, on, the, on the feet, yeah, on the knees and on the <laughs> joints. But you every time you come to a uh, a booth that had carpet, you'd kind of like ease over onto their, you know, if you were standing in the aisle or whatever, you just kind of ease over to their booth so you could stand on something softer than the concrete, but yeah, um, big, big convention center. Um, totally. It was pretty full actually, um, which was somewhat surprising. It wasn't as big as it was, uh, two years ago when I went to long beach. Um, they actually had uh, a whole another section in the back, um, right that time. And, um, they didn't have that this time, but the main area was still pretty full. I mean, they could have, they, there were some empty booths that people had, you know, planned on coming and who knows, it could have been sure, COVID that kept them away or right. whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as the biggest takeaway, um, I mean, honestly, I, I feel like the biggest takeaway is just the value of putting yourself in a room like that with so many right. experts and so many uh, people that know so much about their specific thing that sure. you you just have kind of, it feels like you kind of have like the print world at your fingertips, if you will. Sure. Um, yeah. And it's really, it was a, it's a great show. It's probably my favorite apparel decoration show um, of the year. So really yeah. excited about that. Yeah. So we can see here, we have some, some uh, pictures, Bella mm-hmm. and canvas's booth. 
mm -hmm. uh, with some very large display signage yeah, there, which which makes sense. They're a California company, right? They're kind of yeah. That's kind of I, their their home turf. I, I think so. Yeah, and they had um, they had a DJ in their booth, and so it was very <laughs> loud. And I'm glad they had those walls around them because sure. every time you'd go in, you'd have to be, you know. So I'm looking for a three thousand watt, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, that's it was funny. cool. That's <laughs> very, very on brand for Bella, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so what are we, what are we looking at here? Who is this? So these I just hats? thought this. Yeah, these that's are all cool hats. Display. I just thought yeah. it was a really cool display. I actually looked at the hats and look. I mean, I, um, I'm not going to say their name unless you're watching. You can read. You can like see it on the video. But I, I wasn't super impressed with their hats or their quality or their pricing. Okay. <laughs> to be honest, oh. I loved their yeah. selection, but sure. you know, selection at a trade show is much different than selection. Uh, in real life and I need, you know, a hundred right. of this particular color. Oh, well, we don't have that one in stock, but you know, right. well, I saw it was the trade show. <laughs> um, but there were a lot of um, hat manufacturers, a lot of like kind of even budget hat manufacturers. Mm. If you know anything about um, the supply chain issues we had this last year, we've talked about on the podcast, hats were really difficult to get. So it was nice to be able to make some contacts and have kind of some backups to our backups, if you will. Yeah. Um, yep. I, personally wouldn't use this particular one. I took this before I walked over and kind of saw everything and talked to him. Um, but I mean, that's a pretty damn yeah. cool display. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. looks like we have some, what was this uh, DTF, right? Is that yeah. what we're looking at here? Yeah. So DTF came on this, you know, the, we've talked about DTF on the show. Um, this actually is a powderless DTF. And mm. so if you know anything about DTF, you basically, you print the stuff um, backwards. So you print the color and then you print a white back on sure. the, the ink or on the uh, the film. And then it goes into this, uh, you know, the machines anyway, it yeah. goes into this uh, kind of powder thing that's getting on kind of the wet ink and stuff. And then you heat that, that powder up and it becomes the glue or, you know, the adhesion for sure. the transfer. Well, this one actually puts it does a third pass so it does the you know the color then it does the white then it actually prints or prints technically prints a liquid adhesion or a liquid glue through the print heads um wow. so they don't have to have powder so i don't know how i mean i i i kind of asked him i was like doesn't that like clog your heads up and they're like oh well it's all you know, it's all water-based. And if you flush it, you do this and that and the other thing, then it doesn't, you know, affect it, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't <laughs> say you're a liar, but, um, you know, I don't know. So this is, this is kind of the newest, latest, greatest thing in DTF, yeah, in the powderless, DTF. powderless option. So it was wow. kind of cool to see that there was a couple yeah. of places. Um, it's Cobra Flex. If you want to check it out, that's the name of the, uh, the manufacturer that's like making these. Um, and then there were a couple uh, distributors that were there selling the Cobra Flex machines. It's sure. kind of cool. That's awesome. Look here, you posted a picture of this, and I was like, a mm -hmm. four-headed DTG printer. But you, you said uh, that you weren't all that impressed with it. Tell me why, because at face value, this looks pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, if uh, for those of you who are listening, it literally has four it has four platens. And then the printhead is going all the way across all four back and forth. And so one, it was kind of slow Two, sure. it was kind of like it was moving, you know what I mean? It kind of felt like it was moving a little okay. too much. Um, and then three, um, I, I don't know if you like, I don't know if you could, um, like if one is printing the wrong way or something, or you're like, Oh crap, I'm, mess i messed this up or i messed this file up you're gonna oh, mess sure. four, you four shirts up <laughs> you know or or whatever I, there was just some things yeah. and then i'm thinking this is actually a roland machine and roland's been in the game they know what's up why did they do this i just didn't yeah. understand kind of the it, i mean you can't like you'd have to have eight platens to like preload to where you could pull them off really right. quick and reload right, them, right, right. you know and i'm just like this doesn't seem as um, time saving as they're perhaps purporting it to be. Um, sure. But, you know, I mean, I could be wrong. Um, it's, it was the, the cool thing about ISS is they, they kind of debut a lot of this, um, 
a lot of these machines and a lot of these um, you know, different technologies right. and you get to see them for the first time. And so this was the first show that they had actually introduced the Roland uh, DTG machine. And um, you could kind of tell that it was their first try. First, at least first I, go I at felt it. like, yeah, yeah, I didn't talk to anybody. Maybe they could have convinced me otherwise, but just from kind of standing back and watching it, I was like, what is this? You know, cause you go over to Epson right. and you see the, and oh, and it was like nine, 90 grand, you know, <laughs> oh, for this okay. thing. Yeah, sure. Eight, 85, That's... 90 grand. I'm like, man, I would rather, you know, have two 3070s at a hundred grand right. yep. um, personally um, yeah. or three GTX pros, you know, at a hundred grand right. or whatever. Right. Um, I just feel like you have redundancy. Like if this thing goes down, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. Those were just my initial thoughts on it. Nice. And then you told me about this miraculous looking mm. thing. Yeah, uh, this is super cool. It's Firebird, correct? The yep. pre-treater. Yeah, Firebird uh, does pre-treat and we have been using Firebird for a while. In fact, um, I think you guys use Firebird as well. I, yep. I think I told you about it or, or sure encouraged did. you to try it, try it out. Yep. Yeah. So they have come out with um, this is act, this booth actually is showing two different products. So they have the washer and dryer for pre-treating. So you can literally load 144 shirts in that thing. And there's a five gallon, you can't see it, but there's a five or sorry, 55 gallon drum of Firebird pre-treat behind it um, that goes into that washer and pre-treats every square inch of those garments um, right. in about 15 to 20 minutes. And then it flushes all of that pre-treat. And this is kind of a patented thing. It actually sucks all that pre-treat back into that 55-gallon drum right. so it can be reused on the next wash. Yeah. You take it out and then you put it in that dryer. And then you can store these things. They've tested for up to a year. So you could literally receive the goods, throw them in the dryer, and then just put them on the shelf and use them as you need to. So everything in your shop would be pre-treated um, all yeah, the time. That's and you Incredible. you wouldn't need a pre another pre treater you wouldn't need that right. you just need yeah. to press to to iron it out to get a nice flat surface before you print and then you're good to go which is yeah. really freaking cool yeah that's uh, that's incredible I um I, I think it'd be great I mean we've talked about this before where if just you know one person whoever's receiving inventory 144 shirts is essentially in like if you're ordering in case quantity like with next level mm -hmm. that's like two cases of shirts yeah you know yeah so that you can just throw in there wash them and kind of set it and forget it i mean at the most you'd maybe have to press them again before you print it just to flatten exactly. those fibers out but it beats pre-treating each shirt individually oh. that's for sure but sure um, does how much was Hef how much was this setup here that Hef they, hefty they price tag yeah they they for a washer and two dryers because they they sell you two dryers because they say you'll need two because it the washer goes so fast so fast yeah um it's 70 grand um, wow. so that's, you know, plus obviously you got to buy a 55 gallon drum of pre-treat and <laughs> yeah. have special wiring from your, you know, uh, yep. electrician and all that. But the cool thing, so I, I mentioned this is two products, the, the outgrowth of this particular product, as they were testing all of these, uh, shirts and stuff, and they were like, we've got all of these pre-treated shirts. What are we going to do with them? So they created a company called cheater tees, um, Cheater nice. spelled C H E E T E R like cheetah, but cheater. Right. Um, and they're basically another uh, brand of fully yeah, pre-treated shirts. You kind of see the the banner there in the yeah. back. Yeah, I think it's C E E. I don't know. It might be A. I don't know. But but yeah, there. So we actually got a couple of those uh, to test, and I'm not sure if Tate's tested them or not, but um, they're on his list of to dos. And then the last thing I'll say about this particular. Um, uh, station was I had a really long talk with their director of technology. Um, his name's Sean, and um, we may in actually end up having him on the podcast at some point. He was interested in maybe coming on and just talking about yeah, that's awesome know, pre treating and their company. And um, yeah. I'm a big fan of Firebird, so I thought that'd yeah. be kind of fun to to have him on the show. So we'll see. Yeah, if that works absolutely. Out. And then just this real quick before we move on. I thought this was cool. It has really nothing to do with DTG, but yeah. uh, for those listening, it's a really cool motorcycle uh, that they had there. Cool. Whose booth was this? And uh, kudos to them for having something cool to make people stop and look. Yeah, I think uh, actually this is the backside of that other booth that we were talking about um, with the all of the, the Mamba 
the shrine to oh, Kobe Bryant. Right, 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 right. So right. this is Where's the back that? side. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's the front side there. Mm-hmm. And okay. you see the truss there, the motorcycle is yes. on the other side of that truss. Ah, um, and so what we're looking at, right. yeah, back and forth. Yeah. And I can't remember the company they sell. Um, I, I think they're a, a Mamaki dealer. So they do a lot of UV with Mamaki kind of in direct okay. competition to PDS, which is the conference I went to called Energize in Nashville. Sure. Um, so they're a direct competitor with them. They sell other things, but they had the coolest booth of the show. I think uh, it was <laughs> yeah. just so freaking cool. You can see this motorcycle and I, I don't even know why they had it I, except for just to be like a head turner. And then if you yep. go to the next, next thing, this is basically a shrine to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um, they had all these hats and they did these um, they're printing on skateboards. They actually yeah. use like a car decal to then, mm. and then they basically apply it like you would a car decal right. onto the bottom of a skateboard. But this mm. whole picture, for those of you who are listening, is basically it, it looks like Kobe Bryant's throne room. There's like pictures yeah. of the Lakers up behind him, and then there's this yep. huge, like massive throne seat, like leather that has the mamba on it. And uh, it, it was just really cool. I just had to take a picture of it. Yeah, that's awesome, and I, I'm surprised. I mean, you could probably UV on on skateboards if you had the right size of machine and mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So that's also a, an interesting side note. But yeah, that's awesome, man. So this was Tate's first show, mm-hmm. really. Uh, what did he think of it? Um, did he enjoy it? And then uh, before we move on, just kind of touch on the importance of of attending trade shows like this, aside from. Uh, you know, the obvious you get to get out of town for a little bit thing, but, uh, yeah. yeah. How was, how was Tate's first experience at the trade show? Yeah, I think it was really a, a positive experience for him. He, um, was able to see all of these new technologies and all of these, you know, just see how big the world of printing is. Sure. And this is just apparel printing, you know, this is just right, a part of our right. business. And, um, I think that was a positive thing for him. I've, you know, since he's been back, he's been, you know, sending out tons of emails, talking to different people. Um, one of the cool, one of a couple of the cool things that we were able to, we were able to uh, basically connect with our, our specific reps for some of our different companies, um, got some better pricing on um, some garments and like a lower ship threshold. So we get free shipping, you know, at a lower right. threshold than we had before. Um, and all of that just because we were there and we were able to, um, finally get through all of the red tape. I had been calling this particular company for a while trying to say, Hey, what, can we get free shipping on a certain number? Oh, we don't do that. It turns out they do. <laughs> you just right. need to be able to talk to the right person. And so being in these situations where you sometimes, you know, you can get to the right person because they're probably there. The ISS trade show is a big deal in the industry. Yeah. And so um, the guy I met from Mamaki, uh, he's the, the, the president of sales in in North America um, wow. was there and I, I hung out with him in Nashville. And so I was like, Oh, Hey, you know, Hey, right. his name's Joe. And, um, and he's introducing me to all the Mamaki people there. And um, so Mamaki doesn't actually sell to me, but they know I own Mamaki's and sure. uh, they know kind of who the best dealers are and can, you know, kind of, part the waters if they right, if I need right. something. And um, they're just good relationships to have if something, you know, you're just beating your head against the wall, trying to figure something out with a machine or a vendor or, right. or whatever, having these kind of having these business cards in your Rolodex, so to speak, um, is, is really good for your business or can be really good for your business in a pinch. So yeah, that was, yeah. that was, it was really good for, for Tate to be able to make some of those connections and he's right. still making them. He's still sending emails. Um, yeah. So that was yeah. cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I am. Uh, I was bummed to not make this particular one, but uh, there's there's more. I'm sure there'll be more trade shows and, and adventures for us to delve into in the in 2022 for sure. Uh, so, uh, yeah, man, I'm glad you guys had a great time. So, with that, we are going to go straight in to this week's main event. All 
right. That was beautiful. And for those that are watching on, on video, uh, you got a special treat. <laughs> We're taking bumper bumpers to the next level. That's all I'm going to mm. say. Okay. So, uh, this week's main event, man, uh, kind of all things pricing, how to, how to price your mm-hmm. print on demand goods, increasing prices. And all of this came to be because of an announcement that gear bubble is increasing their pricing across the board on all products to the tune of two dollars yeah that's that's a lot that's two dollars is pretty steep (laughs) yeah i mean you hear it and you're like oh two dollars you know and then you realize oh well that was a five dollar product and two dollars oh my gosh it's everything it's all of their products so you know obviously your your margins take massive hits and it's really it's all different kinds of hits, you know, cause right. the $5 product to $7 versus the, you know, $10 product to $12, you know, that's not as big of a hit on your margins. So sure. depending on what you're selling, man, it could really, it could really, really hurt. <laughs> yeah. And, and the way they kind of, uh, like you said, unilaterally rolled out this price increase and then it was effective immediately. It wasn't like, yeah. Hey, you guys have three weeks, four weeks, whatever uh, price increase is coming, you know, do do accordingly what you want with that information mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll get you there. But no, it was just boom, it's happening. And if people aren't paying close enough attention, they could be wondering why all of a sudden they're not making enough yeah. money or the same amount of money when they finally get around to it and realize, oh, it's because they took it upon themselves to charge me two more dollars <laughs> effective right. immediately. But this brings us to a point that we've talked a lot about, Travis, and it's the importance of having your stuff on a spreadsheet. <laughs> that is very, very true. Because, I mean, if you can, if all of a sudden your supplier decides to just raise their prices, what are you going to do if, yeah. un- unless you have an option? And the only way you can have an option is if you have your data in a way that you can quickly pivot. Yeah. Um, I wish we had that in a bumper. That would be good. That's that's oh, a, on I our know. to-do list. It, it um, is. But yeah, let's... <laughs> StreamYard needs to add a soundboard, uh, <laughs> and and I need to figure out who to contact to make that happen. But okay, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So you know, being able to to pivot into you know to using a different vendor or something like that. I mean, yeah. Um, it that that is that is a very important thing. I mean, you know, we're not. I don't want to make it sound like we're like. Um, upset with gear bubble or taking it out on them. I mean, sure. there are very real costs associated with this business and those costs have gone up. Um, yes. Significantly. I think yeah. you were even talking about, I was over at your shop last week and I had seen um, a piece of sublimatable metal aluminum. or aluminum. Yeah. yeah. Aluminum. And you were telling me, and you can tell the listeners the the increase on that particular item just by itself is, is kind mm-hmm. of a good indicator of what is happening industry-wide when it comes to costs yeah Yeah, we had a product and um you know it's basically an aluminum panel uh that we sublimate on so it's like art and then um a little piece of uh, like a block that attach can attach to it and all that goes in a in a package and sent to the customer um and i think our cost was like or i mean our our the price we were charging to fulfill this for our customers it was like 21 22 dollars um, and then they would charge, you know, 40, 50, 60, sure. whatever they decided to charge. Um, and so they had a nice margin on that. And um, and we were doing OK. You know, we weren't breaking the bank on it. But, um, you know, everything that we had, we were making anywhere from, you know, five, six, seven, eight bucks, depending yeah. on what it was. Uh, and so one uh, when we were reordering, I, I saw an email come across. So. Tate usually does the ordering, but a lot of times I'll get the, the uh, receipt. And I said, Oh my gosh, that seems very expensive for, you know, yeah. 10 panels was like 200 and some dollars. And I'm like, okay, well that's 20 some dollars <laughs> per panel. Yeah. And that's not including the little block that you hang the thing with. Sure. And we're charging 21. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah. it just occurred to me, okay, we're losing money every time we sell one of these. Luckily we weren't selling a bunch. Um, right. that's why it kind of crept up on us. But, um, I had to immediately inform our customer that, Hey, this has to go up to $28. Yeah. 
you right. know, and they, you know, do you want us to buy these to continue to sell, you know, for, sure. for you? And he was like, yeah, my margin can handle it. I, you know, but I have to, I had to do it right then. So I can, right. I can sympathize with gear bubble, um, you know, raising their prices. And sure. I just think that I, I didn't like, and I don't think their customers are going to like, or <laughs> don't like, depending on where they are, the, Hey, I mean, they have been telling people that they're going to raise their prices for a while, but they gave them no, like $2 is a lot, you know, like, yeah. Hey, we're going to go 10% across the board. Okay. You know, I mean, they could kind of expect that, but you know, in some cases, uh, it was a lot more than 10%. Let's just sure. put it, you know, put it like that 25, 30% in some cases, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of changes the game. So in my, the way they did it, as far as like not announcing it and giving people time to adjust their prices on their different marketplaces. Um, I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. I would much like if, when we do that, I mean, obviously the, the metal wall art was kind of a one-off and I only had one customer selling it. So I was able sure. to just contact them. Um, and see if they wanted me to pull it or if they wanted to pay the price. Right. So I gave them the op opportunity, but for the most part, if I'm going to change my prices, I'm going to give, you know, a week, a couple of weeks before, uh, we pull that rug out from under people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, it also goes to making sure you have an efficient way to contact your clients as well, if you're fulfilling. So like, you know, an email mm -hmm. MailChimp or, or constant contact or whatever that looks like to have the ability right. to execute that in mass and just send an email and say, Hey, this is happening on these products. If you sell these products, adjust your prices accordingly, or, you know, take your product down or, or whatever that looks like. So, yeah. Uh, but, but all of this kind of spurred a conversation into something that uh, you Travis have been kind of in the thick of the last month or so. And that's kind of deep diving into your cost of goods or cogs as we will refer to it for the rest of the episode. So mm -hmm. uh, if you're tuning in for some reason at 31 minutes and 20 seconds and you don't know what cogs is, <laughs> it, just press the rewind button 15 seconds and we'll tell you that it's cost of goods or you could have listened this entire time. So cost of goods, stuff like, you know, um, I guess is an overview, overview, overhead expenses, operational expenses, departmental expenses. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're going to deep dive into each of those, starting with overhead expenses. So what are some stuff that you need to keep in mind, uh, Travis, when you are uh, looking at overhead expenses? Let me just say also, if you are producing yourself, producing items yourself in-house or fulfilling for people, this conversation uh, is beneficial to you in an obvious way of obvious you know encouraging you to check your prices if you are outsourcing to somebody this conversation can hopefully give you an insight into the reasons behind the price increases when they happen other than just the typical it's inflation yeah whatever you know uh reason that seems to be it's very real but it's very vague and so sometimes it can come across as what does that even mean uh, inflation. So this is why we're going to try and kind of deep dive into some of these topics to help give you an, a better understanding if you are outsourcing your fulfillment as to why these things happen. So uh, overhead expenses, Travis, what are some things to to look at or keep in mind when you are considering overhead expenses? Yeah. So, um, I mean, overhead exp expenses are going to be like, your, you know, do you rent a space? Do you have a, a lease on, on a building or on, yeah. you know, a, a an office or something like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are um, doing executive offices or shared workspace. You know, do you sure. have that monthly cost? That's, that's going to be overhead utilities for that space. If you have those, um, if you're working out of your home, you know, uh, utilities could be your, uh, your internet, you know, yeah. maybe your cell phone, you know, yeah. you could kind of, those are going to be fixed costs that are, required to make your business work um, for us, you know, so, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to build like a tool or a spreadsheet that we can kind of plug numbers into and then spit right. out a cost of good. And so for us, we're taking um, in the overhead part, we're taking the executive salaries, you know, what, what sure. are all the, the people that aren't necessarily doing the production, but are required again to make all of this stuff work. Um, what are the, what are those 
hard costs that are going to come in, you know, doesn't matter if you sell 10 things, doesn't matter if you sell 10,000, those costs are going to remain the same. Now, if you sell 10,000, maybe your lease needs to go up, maybe you need more space, maybe, you know, maybe you need to hire some more executives, you know, I mean, so those do change, but right, but they tend to be congruent to sales volume, I guess, if that makes sense. So they can change, but usually if those need to change, it's a good thing, especially if it's an increase, (laughs) because that means you're selling more items and it's you're you are it's growing pains basically yes exactly yeah and so so you take that you take those overhead expenses you know the um let's see if there's anything else i can see on i'm literally looking at our spreadsheet here on my other monitor um um oh oh like v- virtual assistants you know same type sure. of thing um yep. they're not necessarily uh you're not going to use their salary in your actual pro, uh the next one in the operational expense right. fa- uh, 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 valuation because they're not going into actually producing the product so you would mm-hmm. maybe take those as as an overhead expense because sure. again required to do everything you do and you're going to pay them whether or not you sell 10 or ten thousand yeah um you know again i said phone internet um do you have insurance that you're paying uh those all of those fixed costs right um that you're going to pay every single month regardless would go into your overhead expenses. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so the next category would be ap- operational expenses. And that comes down to the people, what it takes to make a product, right? So you're looking at labor costs. How long does it take to make one? I'll never forget. I There was a, there was a time when uh, Madeline and I would, binge watch the prophet marcus limonis right Mm -hmm. uh i i love that show i love um what he does how you know how how he stresses know your numbers so he went into a a pizza (laughs) he went into a pizza place once that was you know hemorrhaging money like they all Mm -hmm. are all the businesses he never you know all the businesses on the show are you know (laughs) a day away from from closing doors and and boarding up the windows and so he goes into this pizza place and he asks the cost of a single slice of pizza and the guy tells him the retail cost right yeah no hey no we charge you know uh probably it's like 450 a slice or whatever and he's (laughs) like no 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 no. how much is a slice of pizza to make oh you know maybe two two dollars maybe and marcus limonis was like listen to me (laughs) You need to know the cost of a single pepperoni and how mm-hmm. many pepperonis are you putting on that pizza? Because right. that's going to add to the cost. So he's like, I need to know the olive costs, my guy. Each olive costs what? <laughs> so he was like super granular. But all that to say, the importance of knowing those numbers goes into your your labor costs. How long does it take to make a T-shirt? And what does mm-hmm. that actually mean? The amount of pre-treat, the amount of ink, the time it takes to do that for the, for the production tech to get mm-hmm. that done. And then once that is created, you're putting it in a poly bag or, or a box. So those mm-hmm. costs money. The, the bubble wrap that you are putting right. that mug in with it, that costs money. The styrofoam, that costs money. The packing tape, that costs money. The labels, that costs money. The shipping shipping cost, you know, mm-hmm. all of that stuff is what you have to factor in when you are thinking of the labor costs, not just, you know, it's it's $2 for a blank shirt. Okay, that's part of it. But right. that you build, that's 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 the crust of the pizza. And then you put the cheese on it and the <laughs> roni. So, uh, I mean, anything else when you're thinking labor costs, operational expenses? Yeah, so, um, you know, you might be asking, well, how the heck do you figure out, you know, the cost sure. to make one when you have <laughs> yeah. to make a hundred that day, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so what we're, what we're doing and what we're in the process of basically all of our uh, techs are, they have a piece of paper and we've asked them to each say at the more, you know, in the morning when they get their, you know, kind of the, here's your, or, here's your orders. Here's your packing slips. Here's your labels. Here's everything you need to do your stuff. You know, your, yeah. your prints, whatever your, uh, everything, they have everything they need. Now decide how many you're going to do, you know, uh, you're going to do 10 and this is going to be your test. This is going to be, and you're going to do this every single day for, you know, up to, we're going to maybe do up to 30 days worth of this. Right. And you're going to take 10 this today, tomorrow you'll do 20, you know, then you'll do five, then you'll do 30 or whatever. And you're doing little tests and you're going to take those and start 
from, you know, you're going to write down your time and then start to finish. How long does it take to make those package right. those, put the labels on them. So they are ready to go. And then we take all of those little data points and then we say, okay, depart, you know, su our sublimation department takes about this long, you know, on average to make sure. one product. And because we're going to divide it by all of the products they make, because sometimes they're doing a water bottle, which takes less press or less time on the press than maybe a coffee mug uh, versus a camping mug or whatever all these different things are. We're just going to kind of bring them all in. We could get way more granular and decide how long does it take to do a coffee mug versus how long does it take to do a water bottle. But we're just sure. going to do one category or one department at a time. So yeah. it'll be the same thing. We'll do the same thing with our DTG, with our vinyl, with our embroidery, with our uh, UV, with our laser, all of it. Every single one will have multiple data points that we can pull in and find out what is the average this department takes to make one. Um, so then we can add it with all those other pieces to the right. operational expenses that you're talking about. I mean, labor is probably our number one expense, um, yeah. you know, because you know, people got to make money <laughs> and, sure. and you need people to do your, do the things. And so that's yeah. in most businesses, usually, um, you know, your payroll is one of your most expensive things. So I need to yep. bake that in to my cost. You know, I yep. can't just, like you said, well, it's a $2 t-shirt. So I need to multiply that. No, I need to know how much labor goes into that t-shirt, how much ink, right. how much, um, pre-treat, how much yeah. all of those things that are operational expenses that are dependent on the product, not yeah. overhead, not, yeah. you know, if I don't get any orders, my operational costs are zero because, well, <laughs> sure. I, I'd have to fire everybody. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's, totally. that's, it's not a, it's a variable cost as opposed to a fixed cost. Sure. Yeah. Th those costs are going to be moving, uh, and probably, you know, once a quarter reassess, Hey, are we still, yeah, mm -hmm. the, the price increase has happened. Is it a price increase that we need to pass on? Is it something we can absorb? Because, I mean, you, you also don't want to raise prices every quarter or lower yeah. prices or raise it again and lower it again because then your clients are just going to be like, dude, I don't know what the hell is happening. But I don't right. know. I can't really ride this storm out. So um, so talk about also like departmental expenses yeah. um, and, and what how those factor into the, the final cost of goods. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really kind of like, um, so you have your overhead expenses, you have your operational expenses, expenses, and then we are, for us, we're taking it into departmental expenses because we have six different departments. And sure. really what those, that is, it's, it's going to be broken down by each individual product. Um, so it's going to take, uh, you know, it costs this much for a, a white coffee mug. Well, it costs this much for a 16 ounce beer stein. It's sure. way more. Um, and so we're taking those, we're taking those operational expenses, the labor cost, because we're going to get one number for how much does it cost to make a product and sub. And then we're going to take that number and apply it to our departmental expenses where we break it out by product. So each product has its own line. Um, and maybe one of the lines is, uh, actually I'll, I'll just look. One of the lines is the labor it takes for that deal or for that particular, mm. um, uh, department. And then the next one is, you know, 11 ounce coffee mug, 15 ounce right. coffee mug, 11 ounce, what, you know, blah, 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 sure. blah, blah, blah. Um, and then is there a specific um, uh, machine um, maintenance or something specific to that machine? And then obviously shipping materials um, are going to be different per product. It's not like, you know, it's one cost to ship everything. It's right. um, those are going to have to be averaged out because it takes more to package a coffee mug than it does a t-shirt. Right. And so the, that's how we break it down. So, uh, really departmental expenses is just, it's really for us. Um, and it's a way we can take the overhead and the operational and then break it down even further, um, to where we're not using too, too many averages. Um, and we can get a little more granular, a little more specific to know our true, true, sure. true costs. Right. And then, like you said, you're, you're having that spreadsheet having the, uh, um, where your prices are based on. So you can plug in if the supplier changes its price then you can plug yep. that in or if the pre-treat goes up or if the, what, you know, so on and so forth. So it's, it's a living breathing document that is able to change and spit out like, okay, so this is how much you need to charge for a Bella in canvas 3001 now. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what you need to charge for a white coffee mug now. So um, if you're listening again, you're probably asking, how can I use this information? And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, one of the one of the main questions would be, right, like, what are your overhead expenses? Travis, you kind of covered that when we were talking about overhead expenses, but mm-hmm. are, are you yeah. working from home? Are you leasing a space? Do you, you have shared office space or... Are your you internet using costs. your internet? Yeah, your internet costs, you know, your cell phone, the, you know, all, all that kind of stuff that it, you need to, to take into consideration. Operational expenses, yeah. Travis, you know, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, do you have subscriptions to different um, right. programs? Are you, you know, are you Adobe Creative Cloud? And so you're shelling out 30 to $50 <laughs> or 60, yeah. whatever their blood money is, you know, or, um, <laughs> Are you using, you know, other subscriptions-based stuff that, you know, like uh, an E-Rank or, um, you know, Merchant Words or Merchant yeah. Form or th- these different yeah. products? Those would all kind of go into your overhead expenses because, again, they're fixed costs that you're going to pay no matter what. So yeah. you have overhead. You do. In any business, you have overhead. And if you think you don't, well, you're not valuing your time much because you are an executive <laughs> staff. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You might also be production staff, but part of your time is, yeah. <laughs> fil- is fixed on the business and you, yeah. you know, you're an executive at that point. <laughs> yeah. So let's say Travis, you know, let's say I'm a, someone that's outsourcing my production. I'm, I'm not doing anything in house, uh, operational expenses. What would that look like for me? If I said, Hey, I don't really have any labor costs. What is, mm-hmm. what is operational expenses look like in my scenario? Yeah, I, I think you're going to basically, since we had to be granular and break it down into departmental dispen- expenses, um, I, I just don't think you need to do that. You could kind of right. bring that back up a level and say, my operational expenses are my product costs, you know, sure. so because that's what it takes to operate um, yeah. with every single it, every single order that comes in, there is a cost of goods. That's right. a basic cost of goods. And so for gear bubble members, it just went up $2 per product, <laughs> you know? Sure. So you, you factor all that in, you, you also obviously put all of your shipping in, um, into that. And then, um, let's see if there's, let me just see if I can, I don't think, I don't can't think right off the top of my head if there's really much more to it than that on operational expenses, because again, sure. those are your variable costs and they're going to be based by how many orders you have. Whereas right. your overhead costs are going to be your fixed costs that come in no matter what, no matter how many orders you have. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So anything else as we kind of uh, wrap up this, this main event when it comes to, mm-hmm. to cost of goods? Yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously it's very important to know this stuff because, um, you know, prices are increasing. Um, that's just yep. the world we live in now. Um, inflation is here and it's, it's at an unprecedented rate, at least yeah. in, you know, for a lot of years, it's really, really, sure. really going crazy. Um, and so the cool thing about having some type of spreadsheet like this, and if you are working from your house and it's just you, it can be a very, very simple spreadsheet, um, sure. you know, with just, each individual cost or each individual product price. And you can basically create something very simple that allows you to, to change those prices and then see, um, you know, see how much your actual cost of good is. Then you can go a step further and you can take that per product price and then you can like extrapolate it. Well, um, how much, you know, let's say I want to make $20,000 this year because it's my side hustle or whatever. And I don't need to make all that much. Well, how many, how many things, you know, how many coffee mugs and t-shirts do you need to sell to make 20,000? So it can be very, um, helpful with your goals and your strategies for the year because, and then you can say, okay, well this year, uh, you know, I, you know, based on this, man, I have to charge, you know, $47 for a coffee mug because I want to make $50,000 this year because my, I only have, you know, 300 sales last year. And so based on that, I got to, well, obviously that's probably not going to work. So you can kind of play with those three numbers. Okay. Well, what if I only made 10,000 and what if right. I sold 500 instead of 300 and, and you can kind of base your goals. Is it, um, do I need to sell more? Do I need to raise my prices? Do I, you know, all of those things you can kind right. of play with those numbers. Once you have the data in place, um, you can make really easy formulas in, in Excel. And if you don't know how to do it, I guarantee you know somebody that can help you with it because Excel yeah. is um, 
a lot of like, there's people that love spreadsheets. I am not one of them. Yeah. I can nope. get by, <laughs> but I do know I, you know, uncle Mike, he loves spreadsheets. So yeah, just, yeah. just DM him, ask him. To yeah. Help you. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> encouraging you to solicit his services. And POD cast sent you. Uh, tell him you're a niece or nephew of the POD cast and uncle Mike, you need to help me. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions on this, again, you can always reach out to us. The best way to do that is, of course, the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash print on demand cast. If you have any questions about COGS, if you have any insight or anything that you think we might have missed or a tip or a trick that you figured out, mm -hmm. or maybe you have an awesome spreadsheet system already figured out that you're willing to share with us Ooh, <laughs> to, that'd be nice. to, you know, to give us to help help uh, um, facilitate everyone figuring out this this formula of cost of goods uh that is a place you can go to do that also we are new to the gram instagram.com slash print on demand cast last Ooh. week when we launched our episode with tammy cringe she tagged our personal instagrams on a story and i thought i feel like we should probably have an instagram uh <laughs> just to just to post content so uh there'll, there'll be some some content there the link to our podcast feed is there and we'll have some photos of new episodes information about that that kind of stuff and uh, so you can find us there as well and if you hate social media you can in email us info at printondemandcast.com and let us know if you have any questions any concerns general wonderings or a suggestion for a dad joke uh, we will take all of it and as always wherever there are podcasts the pod cast is there for you apple spotify stitcher google anchor there's probably been three more that have come out in the last week where you can find your podcast content but if you're listening on the podcast, Apple podcast app specifically, please leave us a, a five-star review. Again, that's a five-star review. Uh, and uh, let us know what you think of the show. You can also rate us on Spotify. There is a spot where you can go and give a star rating on the Spotify app. All of that, what it does, the reason we ask you guys week in and week out to do that is not just for our own ego uh, <laughs> it's not just to satiate uh, uh, any of that, but what it does is it allows us information in the back catalog and the archive of the print on demand cast to be found by someone who also probably would benefit from what we've uh, had on the show, the information, the knowledge, the experts that have come on and talked, mm -hmm. it gets all the information in front of them and just helps someone else along that journey. So that's really why we ask you guys to leave reviews. We just like to pretend uh, that it's for our own egos, but it does. It is nice. It is nice it to get good. that five star review. Good. It does. It does feel good. It is some validation. <laughs> so, uh, Travis, anything else before we wrap this thing up? Nope. Appreciate y'all. All righty. Well, then for Travis, I'm Josiah, and we'll see you next time right here on the Print on Demand Cast. See ya. Hey, babe, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand Cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular Show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.